Hey, 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 what's going on, Podcast Nation? It is Jason Harris here, and thank you for joining me in another episode of Strategy with Jason. Today, I got a very special episode. I get to talk anything and everything I want to talk about when it comes to Digital Dealer Tampa. It's literally right around the corner, and I'm so excited to go. For the last four months, I have not seen the sun, so I'm excited to see the sun. But I have a great guest with me today. I have the one, the only, the oh-so-famous Mr. Danny Zaslavski. Boom. Done. I love people. You with, got it. Did I? Okay, that's awesome. I love people with unique last names. I really do. It's always a challenge. But hey, Danny, thank you so much for taking the, the time to jam with me today. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> Looking forward to it, man. Hey, um, Danny, I like to. I want to get into your session because I'm super excited about your session. And and the one thing, look, I got to give Digital Dealer credit for this part, right? Because I think they do a great job of really kind of, um, you know, putting together a series of sessions that, you know, kind of support almost every kind of role at a dealership. Like if I'm a general manager, if I'm an internet manager or a BDC manager or the dealer principal, there's literally something for everybody at this session. And they do such a good job of bringing dealer speakers and vendor speakers and OEM speakers. I mean, there's almost 90 speakers at this event. Um, and I think the topic that you've chosen is very, very cool. But before we get into your session, I'd love to kind of kick off our conversations with a little origin story. A, because I'm always excited to find out how people get into this business. So, Danny, what's your origin story of how you got into this crazy little world we call the automotive industry? So, my parents immigrated here from Ukraine in 1979. And back then, uh, we told people that we were Russians because <laughs> nobody really knew where Ukraine was. And we, when we came here, uh, my mom went to work for a clothing factory. My dad went to... Uh, fixed shoes. He he found a, uh, a niche in being able to be a cobbler. But there was a car dealership right up the street from uh, where his shoe repair business was, and it had only a few cars on the lot. He he went up there and and met the guy who was running the car dealership, and actually bought a car from him. And then they became friends. And my dad started moonlighting and spending time at the car lot than he did at the shoe repair shop and hired an employee at the shoe repair shop to keep kind of the business going, but found uh, his entrepreneurial spirit in it. And, and at that time I was a kid. And, and so I was, I was watching all this and hanging out either at the dealership or at the shoe repair business uh, after school. So uh, my dad figured out right away that if the, the issue wasn't really selling cars, the issue was acquisition because if you buy it right, selling's not a problem. Um, that's that's pretty common thought nowadays, but back then it was uh, innovative. Sure. So my dad got creative in finding a way to buy at mass cars directly from new car stores. So instead of risking and going to the auction, he would create a direct line of communication with that dealership to be able to sell cars to us. And we, at the time, called it war, wholesale auction retail. So we would buy it all, uh, the good, bad, and the ugly. We wouldn't cherry pick, we'd buy everything. And then uh, we would move the money around so that it made sense and uh, internally, yep. and then wholesale what we needed to wholesale to another dealer. Maybe it was too new for our lot or whatever. Anything we didn't feel proud to sell, and then retail uh, what we could retail. And what we figured out the hardest um, uh, cars to acquire at the time were the ones in the three to twelve thousand dollar price range mm -hmm. because they required the most reconditioning. They uh, uh, were the the scarcest cars to get at at scale, and uh, they were the most desirable too because everybody needed inexpensive transportation. 
situation. So we also figured out that when a customer in that price range is buying a car, they usually don't have another car sitting in the driveway, right? They're not waking up to options. Uh, So we uh, decided that we were going to make that car purchase equivalent to a thirty and fifty thousand dollar car purchase, meaning we would recondition it in in, in a transparent way. We would create uh, uh, create service before and after the sale for the consumer mm-hmm. that was equivalent to a fifty thousand dollar purchase, um, and uh, we would also offer obviously uh, at the time it was um, innovative to do indirect lending on, on cars in that price range. So when we discovered that, and that's, that's kind of why I entered the business and, and in the beginning helped with uh, the marketing of uh, all those initiatives and, and, and discovering all this kind of stuff. And that's mm-hmm. why I fell in love with the car business is because I, I, I didn't know it at the time, but marketing is where innovation lived yes. in the car business still does to this day. Right. But in, in those days in simpler days, that's really where it lived. So um, we, we, we got our foothold in the community by creating this niche. And, and we still do that today with a five to $15,000 price range. Um, and, and we have over a hundred cars and a lot just in that price range and another 200 uh, cars uh, in the 15 to $30,000 price range. Uh, but value uh, or what I'm talking about, highest authentic value, value is uh, uh, every day beats price value always beats price. And, and that hasn't changed. And I don't see that changing. <laughs> that, is, that is so cool. And it really is a family affair for you. I can't imagine mm-hmm. what Sunday dinners, you know, for you are like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I, I just can't like, I mean, is there, do you actually turn it off or is that, is that just what ends up happening during a family dinner? I'm curious. My dad never turned it off. And I always accused him of uh, saying, dad, why don't you shut it off on the weekends? He goes, I can't. And I go, well, I can. And until I realized that you got, you just, it's, it's, uh, uh, the car business is sneaky. It, 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 it just kind of takes hold of you. And, and then you get um, uh, excited yeah. by all the, all the disruption that's happening. So uh, now I can't turn it off. So of course not. Um, I'm having to eat my words. <laughs> that's look, that's the car business. And when it's a family, I can't imagine, man. I seriously, I can like fam, like Christmas holidays, just like anything. I can't imagine what it's like for you, Danny. So that's awesome. Hey, uh, let, let's get into your session because I think you picked an amazing topic. Uh, the title is achieving highest authentic value by using data to change decisions, behaviors, and culture. Man, when you wind up, you really wind up. I mean, you're, you're <laughs> aiming for the fences on this one, aren't you? <laughs> Dude, it's a seriously cool topic. I, I, I really, really dig it. What, um, you know, for people maybe out there watching and listening right now, you know, you know what can they kind of expect into it? Why should they come to this session? So I, you and I talked about this offline a little bit, mm-hmm. but uh, I think uh, I really believe that data uh, that is presented to us influences our behavior and that behavior then turns into our culture. And that culture is the perception that our consumers and our community have of our, um, and it gets even bigger than that because then our business is also our industry Mm -hmm. and that industry is what, um, uh, has distaste in some people's mouth, uh, in, in, uh, uh, the friction that dealers have created over the years. Today, we have the ability to change that. And it's a unique environment with car business having third-party marketplaces to advertise in, our own websites to advertise in, social spaces to advertise in. But regardless, all of that is backed by data. 
and uh, I got into the software space because uh, I was tired of complaining about it, and uh, we felt that there's something to be done. So when I talk about highest authentic value, mm -hmm. it's merging the ability to uh, merchandise that car in a way that doesn't just speak to the uniqueness of the year, make, model, miles, options, and features, but also how that plays uh, both on your website and on third-party marketplaces yeah. so that you can compete uh, on value, not just price. So for example, I know that uh, our consumers will pay more for uh, a vehicle that has uh, $1,200 worth of reconditioning because we've done certain things to it uh, that has uh, a certification that protects them after the sale, that has um, history on that vehicle um, that makes that uh, vehicle more valuable, has uh, we purchased it in a way um, that um, uh, kept that car um, out of a, a state with, with a lot of salt. So there's all these little things that have a mm -hmm. lot of value to the consumer if you can share it. Right. And that's kind of the trick, uh, because I know the feeling of being commoditized um, and being pinned against <laughs> other uh, cars or other car dealers that are, are just buying cars and putting them online. And differentiation uh, is really critical in order to maintain gross return. It's incredibly important, you know, and I, and I love your approach, man. I, I, I love the fact that, you know, look, we, we let the data, you know, um, support our, our, our decisions to change. You know, we, we let the data, you know, give directions to our behavior and our culture. I mean, I just, you know, I, I, I think there's just a lot of dealerships out there that aren't what I'm calling data conscious yet. You know, it's just how much data we have at our hands and how it can impact our decisions, our behaviors, our cultures, and, you know, the way that we manage and oversee our inventory levels. It's, it's so incredibly important. Hey, what would be maybe one or two key takeaways that you hope, you know, anybody visiting this session, you know, takes home or takes back to their dealership and turns it into an action plan? So let's talk about acquisition for a second. Acquisition, um, if you are curious about where do I get my cars, the first thing you can do is start logging, whether it's on an Excel sheet or using VinQ, um, to log where are you buying your cars, who's buying them, right? And then when they sell, how much money am I actually profiting front and back, and how quickly are those cars churning per acquisition source and channel? Source being, did I buy at the auction? Did I trade for it? Did I buy at private party? Did I dealer network uh, uh, acquire that vehicle? Did I trade internally for that vehicle? Was it a lease return? Was it a service drive? What was it, right? Because then you can actually see uh, plainly over a month, mm -hmm. over a quarter, or a year, um, where are the vehicles that are producing majority of my profit and success coming from? When you do that and you have that data, then you can then turn it into action to allow you to scale the areas where you're re returning the highest uh, value, high, highest authentic value. Then all of a sudden your bottom line changes in a significant way. And guess what changes because of it? Your culture, um, your, your, if you call my store, we ask you, Hey, are you calling about buying a car or selling a car? So that is a, uh, that's a culture shift. That is, uh, like but if that. I would have, convince my my team to just say that not understanding what we were really after not understanding the data um it would have been a much harder uh sale to them internally oh man if that's just a couple takeaways i'm gonna be excited you know i, I will definitely be at this session i'll be front row um 
if I'm a little bit of a fanboy and I'm like, hey, daddy, you, know, don't, you can ignore me or not. It's okay. I don't mind. No, I'm just kidding. No, but look. No, no. I'm stoked, man. I really had a, I had a great time with you in the car riding around. That was so uh, when we were in yep, Philly. In, uh, Philly. So the, yes. Yep, in Philadelphia. The beautiful I, town I of 20. Philly. <laughs> it's like, it was very scenic. Let's just say that. Hey, you're a good driver. You know what? Look, I, I, I've done so many podcasts. I, I've done them in trains. I've done them in planes. I've done them in cars. Um, I haven't done any in boats. I'm so excited to do some podcast on a boat in Digital Dealer, Tampa. I'm, I Hopefully, we'll be able to connect and do one as well. But hey, oh, for, you, you can bet I'm going to be coming out and checking out that boat. Perfect. All right. You won't <laughs> miss the big old banner on the side of it. I'm, I'll be right there right out front. Um, but for everybody out there watching and listening, Danny, and maybe like to connect with you before the event, What's the best way yeah. to do so? Just email me, Danny at dealerq.com, D-E-A-L-E-R-C-U-E.com, Danny at dealerq.com. Shoot me a note. Uh, I'd be happy to even send you my pitch deck ahead of time so that you can take a look at it, learn from it. I'm a dealer, and all these uh, things that I'm learning are nuancing, and mm-hmm. uh, a, a slight shift creates such a big impact on not just your team, but on your profits. Awesome. Hey, Danny, thanks so much for taking the time to jam me today. This has been a lot of fun. You have yourself an amazing day. Thanks, man.